My name is Nagarev Joan and welcome to Ask Me About the Law podcast, a spin-off of Ask Me About the Law blog, available at www.kevejoann.wordpress.com. At Ask Me About the Law, we have free and honest conversations about the law and we release new content every Sunday at 7pm, which is available at www.kevejoann.wordpress.com and on podcast via Spotify and Google Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts from. Please find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. The handle is at Ask Me About the Law. Kindly leave us a DM or a comment asking your legal questions and we will endeavor to answer those questions as soon as possible because your questions are very important and we think and know it is very important that we reply to them. today we are going to talk about cyberbullying is cyberbullying an offense in uganda who can be held liable for committing the offense of cyberbullying is cyberbullying a civil or criminal offense what the ugandan courts and legislation say about cyberbullying and what are the remedies available to victims of cyberbullying and what repercussions to perpetrators of cyberbullying face how have other jurisdictions handled the offense of cyberbullying? But first things first, you need to know that in Uganda, an August 30th, 2019 poll concluded that among 4,657 new reporters aged 15 to 24 years old across the country, 40% said that they have been victims of online violence or cyberbullying, while 61% said that the online abuse between young people happens mostly on social media networks, especially Facebook. The UK National Bullying Helpline defines cyberbullying as any bullying, harassment, through using technology, including trolling, mobbing, stalking, grooming, or any form of abuse online with the intent of causing another, the victim, harm, distress, or personal loss. In the UK in 2009, Kelly, an 18-year-old, was among the first culprits to be sentenced to three months in jail for posting on her Facebook personal page to her victim, Kelly Moore, that I will kill you, even, after, even though the bully had taken down the, the hateful messages of her social, her social media page, which is Facebook, the court still sentenced her to three months in jail for her actions. Recently in Uganda, Emmanuel posted a picture on Twitter of Sovi Chiemba carrying a metal suitcase with the intention of mocking him for carrying what Emma described in his tweet as a high school box and the legendary Usofia bag in another tweet under the hashtag HeyFreshers. According to Twitter's policy against cyberbullying, Emma's, Emma's tweet violated the Twitter policy on cyberbullying and as such, Emma's, Emma's Twitter account has been was and has been suspended. However, up to date, that specific tweet, which had content which some may define as amounting to cyberbullying, is still available to date. 
Emmanuel has not faced any legal action for his tweet because Uganda laws do not have any tidal loads at the moment to address cyberbullying. Despite the fact that Minister of the Minister of Technology, Frank Tumwevaze, retweeted that he repeatedly received concerns from in, from internet users regarding the need for stronger regulations of the digital space. offenses of cyber harassment and offensive communication provided for under the newly enacted Competent Misuse Act. Section 24 of the Computer Misuse Act creates the offense of cyber harassment, which is the use of computer in making obscene requests or threatening to inflict injury to any person or property. The modes of communication available to facilitate cyber harassment include email, blogs, chat room, instant messages, electronic bulletin boards, and social networking sites. This is Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and the likes. Section 25 of the Computer Misuse Act also provides for the offense of offensive communication, which it defines as the willful and repeated use of electronic communication to disturb the peace, quiet, or right of privacy of any person with no purpose of legitimate communication. This provision is rooted in the right to privacy guaranteed under the Constitution, and the test for offensive communication is that it must not disturb the peace, quiet, or right of privacy of the recipient and must be done repeatedly without any necessary need of legitimate communication. The requirement that the communication disturbs the peace of another is subjective and what one may define as disturbing peace may vary, for, may vary from one person to the other, i.e. when National Female Youth MP uh, Madame Anne Adeke complained of a stalker, Awan Moses, who allegedly kept sending her unsolicited love messages with which one can would argue that were violating her peace, quiet and therefore amounting to offensive communication. Whereas, as per newspaper updates, most people were condoning her for her actions of trying to bring the matter before court for litigation. The requirement that the communication is done repeatedly means that one of communications, no matter how disturbing, may not meet the threshold to fall under the section. For example, in 2019, James Omara was convicted on his own plea for harassing Omara District Member of Parliament, Catherine, through repeated phone messages. The application of Section 24 of the Computer Misuse Act, which provides for the offense of cyber harassment, and Section 25 of the Computer Misuse Act providing for the offense of offensive communications, have been limited in litigation between cases of government versus opposition critics and the likes. Case in point, 
uh, Dr. Stella Nyanzi uh, for her comments on her Facebook page insulting the president and calling the president a pair of buttocks. Unfortunately, the courts have found section 24 and section 25 of the computer misuse act rather very vague because of the act's lack of endeavor to interpret the interpret the provisions of section 24 which provides for the offense of cyber harassment and section 25 which provides for the offense of offensive communication section 24 or section 24 of the computer misuse act defines cyber harassment as making obscene requests obscene requests is not defined in the act which leaves a very vague provision in application in reality as well as section 25 which sets parameters such as keeping peace quiet which again are not defined in the act and again, as I've discussed earlier on, these words are rather very subjective and range from person to person according to that person's interpretation. So the fact that both these provisions are very vague has created a loophole in their application in Uganda's legal system and as well as interpretation by the courts. The vagueness of Section 24 of the Computer Misuse Act and Section 25 of the Computer Misuse Act is a direct violation of Article 28, Clause 12 of the Constitution, which states that offenses need to be clearly defined. This principle was emphasized in Dr. James Renyere and another versus Attorney General Constitutional Petition Number no. 5 of 1999 where the court considered a provision of the Referendum Act of 2002, which prohibited any person from using electronic media to make statements containing words which were malicious, sectarian, abusive, or insulting, exaggerating, or using decisive or mudslanging language. The court found these provisions to be rather unconstitutional due to their vagueness and the fact that if it appeared, it would only be applied to the opposition side and not the party in power. Thus, the court emphasizing the essence provided under Article 28, Clause 12 of the Constitution, mandating that for one to be held liable, the offense that they're being held liable for ought to be specifically and clearly defined by the laws of Uganda. If you'd like a more detailed analysis on the application of Section 24 and Section 25 of the Computer Misuse Act, I recommend that you read more about this in detail on the blog titled shut up you do not have a right to an opinion available at www.kevejoanne slash wordpress.com i highly recommend you read that blog because it provides a more detailed analysis and also weighs the relationship between policing of 
uh, freedom of expression online and also balancing the applicability of section 24 and section 25 of the computer misuse act You are listening to the Ask Me About the Law podcast where we have free honest conversations about the law. Ask Me About the Law podcast is a spin-off of Ask Me About the Law blog available at www.kevejoanne.wordpress.com. We release new content every Sunday at 7 p.m. via www.keve joanne.wordpress.com and also via podcasts on Spotify, Google Podcast or wherever you get your podcast from. If you're enjoying the show, please send us a comment, like this podcast, share this podcast and also recommend this podcast to all your friends and family. You can also find us on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. The handle is at ask me about the law podcast. Leave us a DM and also a comment, or you can comment your legal questions, and we'll endeavor to answer them. If you're enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe subscribe to the podcast so that you can you can and will receive our future podcasts that we air every Sunday at 7 p.m. are also having a huge struggle to criminalize cyberbullying as an offense because of the need to harmonize the right of freedom of speech and also setting limitations and responsibilities of educational institutions in regulating the students behaviors on and off school grounds because of the of the of the vague parameters of bullying and cyberbullying which are as very specific and limited to school and amongst school children case in point in 2010 the albany school legislature introduced the offense of cyberbullying which is defined as any act of communication or causing of of communication to be sent by mechanical electronic means including posting statements on the internet through a computer email network or distributing embarrassing or sexually explicit explicit photographs hate mail with no legitimate intent to private personal or public purposes with the intent to harass annoy threaten abuse torment intimidate humiliate or otherwise inflict significant emotional harm to another person in the people versus the state of new york of 2014 case number wl 2931482 The New York Court of Appeals struck down the Albany County law that had criminalized cyberbullying declaring it its restrictions overly broad and thus in violation of free speech clause Nonetheless the dissenting opinion stated that despite the flaws of the craftsmanship of the law Albany County had a constitutional right to prohibit communications that had no legitimate purpose and are a violation of private concern or are, in, are intended to intimidate or inflict significant emotional harm to children. Mm-hmm.
Alternatively, victims of cyberbullying can seek redress under the offense of defamation provided for under the Penal Code Laws of Uganda. The Penal Code Act, Section 180, defines defamatory matter as any matter likely to injure the reputation of any person by exposing that person to hated, contempt, or ridicule, or likely to damage any person in his or her profession or trade by an injury to his or her reputation. The section further emphasizes that it is immaterial whether at the time of publication of the defamatory matter, the person the person who is being defamed is alive or dead when the defamatory statements are published. Section 181 of the Penal Code further defines publication as a person publishing a libel if he causes the print, writing, painting, or other means by which the defamatory matter is conveyed so as to be dealt with either by exhibition, reading, reciting, description, delivery, or otherwise that the defamatory meaning thereof becomes knowing or is likely to be known to either the person defamed or any other person. It is not necessary for the libel that a defamatory meaning should be directly or completely expressed and it suffices if such meaning and its application to the person alleged to be defamed can be collected either from the alleged libel itself or from the extreme circumstances or partly by one and partly by the other. In Sababuturo versus Munasi, the plaintiff proved to court that owing to the defendant's libel that caused the plaintiff injury and thus the court awarded the plaintiff damages for the injury suffered. Versus Uganda, the defendants claim failed where they allege that their statement was not capable of referring to the victim. In fact, the court held that the defaming statements were capable of identifying the victim in any reasonable man in such a way as the readers were the readers of knowledge of the facts to refer to him. This this means that in regards to a bully sharing defaming statements against their victim without necessarily identifying them, for example, by name, but post the identifying details or information that the general public can use to identify the victim, then the perpetrator can be held liable. Section 185 of the Penal Code Act further establishes that a publication of a defamatory matter shall not be deemed to have been made in good faith if within the meaning of section 184 it appears either that the matter was untrue and that he or she did not believe it to be true. This simply means that if one does not, if one knows a statement to be true but one still posts it under the presumption that it is true, then it will defeat their defense of good faith. Furthermore, Clause B states that the matter was untrue and that if he or she publishes it without having taken reasonable care to ascertain whether it's true or false. This simply means that if one publishes statements that are untrue, 
but does not take the due diligence to ascertain whether the statements are true or false, then the presumption of good faith will defeat their claim. jurisdictions like Canada and the US have also recognized on top of cyber harassment as a form of cyber bullying, cyber stalking, and revenge porn. Section 26 of the Computer Misuse Act provides for the offense of cyber stalking, which it defines as any person who willfully maliciously or repeatedly uses electronic communication to harass another person, make threats with the intent of placing that person in reasonable fear for his or her safety or to a member of that person's immediate family, commits the crime of cyber stalking and is liable on conviction to a fine not exceeding 120 currency points or imprisonment not exceeding 5 years or both. When Judith Hard's nude selfies and videos were first published online without her consent, she says she contemplated committing suicide. Unfortunately, Uganda's legal system at the moment, rather than rehabilitate the victims of revenge porn, has weaponized the Anti-Pornographic Act to instead uh, prosecute the victims of revenge porn. Judith Hard's nude pictures were circulated online the second time in May 2016 and she was arrested under the Uganda Anti-Pornography Act of 2014 and charged with the production of pornography material and being a public nuisance. You have been listening to the Ask Me About the Law podcast, where we have free and honest conversations about the law. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. The handle is at Ask Me About the Law. Don't forget to subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts from, Spotify, Podcasts, wherever. Please hit that subscribe button so that you are informed whenever we release any new episodes. If you like this episode, please go down in the comment section. Uh, send us a message and don't forget to like this podcast so that other people can also listen to it. We also appreciate it if you share this this podcast with your friends and family. You can also find us on our on our website at www.kevejoanne/wordpress.com, where we will also release content every Sunday at 7 p.m on both our website as well as our podcast which is available wherever you get your podcasts from until next week's episode i remain the host Nagarai joan thank you for listening <music>